Hello and welcome to another episode of Trash or Treasure, where Kim and Amy offer you spoiler-free recaps and recommendations, or not, of romance novels, helping you to find your next romantic read and taking the guesswork out of getting a good book. I find it weird talking about ourselves in third person. Look, it's hard. (laughs) The introduction bit is really challenging. What are we talking about this week, Kimberly? This week we are discussing Eleanor Oliphant is totally fine, completely fine. Yes. Now, can you remember who wrote it? Oh, God. No, I never know who writes things. Gail Honeyman. Okay. And it's Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. Correct. Yeah. Okay, cool. Would you like to do the spoiler-free recap? And fingers crossed I don't have to sack you. Oh, it's just, it's just, I get so much anxiety. This is a contemporary novel. It's set in Glasgow. Eleanor Oliphant works in an office. That's the very beginning of the book. She says, when people ask me what I do, I say I work in an office. She is very fine with living by herself, having a very strict routine, mm. being someone who doesn't really have a lot of friends. She goes she doesn't to have work. any friends. At the be- opening of the novel, she works in an office on Friday afternoon. She goes and buys a pizza. She buys four litres of vodka. Over the course of the weekend, she drinks the vodka and eats the pizza. And then on Monday, she goes back to people. Her weekend is spent not talking to anyone. So, but she doesn't see anything wrong with that. And what we learn as the book rolls out is that the reason Eleanor is like that is she has quite a challenging and tragic backstory. That is what she is trying to sort of come to terms with in the novel. And the way that she thinks she will find redemption or come to terms with that is she has found her one true love. She fell in love. She goes to a gig and she mm. falls in love with a man she's just she's seen on the stage mm, who she a calls musician. the musician. Yeah. And she decides that she needs to be reborn. She's gonna reshape her image. She she decides that in order for him to love her, she, she will need to, to make changes. A substantial probably two thirds of the novel is about her trying to reshape her image and reshape herself towards where she's decided she's going to meet the musician at a particular gig. But she's not ready, so she needed to get herself ready. Through the course of the book, she develops a friend, so the IT guy at her work who Mm -hmm. initially irritates her greatly through his bad grasp of correct English language expression and his scruffy appearance comes to be a friend of hers, Raymond, and they catch up. She learns a lot of things from him. And she also kind of has to enlist his help to do some things. To do some things. learn how to go to a gig. Yeah, exactly. To learn how to buy a beer. But Eleanor doesn't really understand contemporary society. So she's, for instance, she's never had a haircut. She's never gone and bought a beer at a bar. She's never done anything social. There is a catalyst towards like Eleanor's, I'm going to call it coming of age, which is when she and Raymond help an old guy collapses in the street and they help him. They get him to hospital and he becomes and his family become friends of Eleanor. So the book is really about her coming to terms with her identity and overcoming loneliness. Initially, she thinks that the saviour will be the musician who she has fallen in love with. Shockingly, that doesn't work out. Spoilers, everyone. Some random guy she saw on a stage and then completely changed everything about herself so that he might love her did not end up being her one true love. (gasps) 
I, would I don't say, think that's a spoiler. That's why no, I said it in that tone. You mm. sort of know it as soon as she's like, I found my true love. And then she talks about how she <laughs> saw him and yeah, that surely and he will plan. love her when she creates and orchestrates this meeting. She has like weekly conversations with her mother and her mother is quite nasty and vindictive. So I think probably the major obstacle in the book is Eleanor doesn't love herself. A hundred percent. And the journey is Eleanor coming to terms with and loving herself. And that's, this is going to sound really lame, but that's actually the major romance in the book. Yeah. Yeah. And, but the catalyst is the musician and that sort of love at first sight, the one-sided love at first sight that embarks her on the journey. So I think that's, I think you're done. I think I'm done as well. I ran out of steam after that. (laughs) Obstacle catalyst, done. Characters, boom. Go. Well done. That was very well structured, can I just say? Well Thanks. done. That's unusual. Uh, ask me, ask me. Yes, Kimberly, would you recommend Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine? I have two things to say. Good. So often is the case. Firstly, yes, great book, loved it, excellent. She's awesome. Raymond's awesome. There, She's so weird, which is great. She's deeply, deeply tragic and I – one of the few books that I got close to crying in. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't cry, but I got close to crying. I cried. Yeah, because she did. What a shock. So, yeah, no, I thought it was wonderful. I thought he was wonderful. He was understanding. He really taught her how to be a person because she's kind of just existing at the start of the book. Mm. So it was kind of that story of her learning how to live and that living. Learning how to live and learning how to love. Yeah. And that both of them are about vulnerability and risk. And so she has to let other people into her life and that can obviously cause so much pain and in her past has caused her pain which is why she doesn't do it and blah 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 many many things anyway she has to come to understand though that she needs to let people in and at the beginning she doesn't realize that i think she doesn't realize that letting people in the consequence of letting people in is also a lot of joy and happiness and meaning that she's not completely fine (laughs) that well she's completely fine i actually love the title of this book in a really profound way because because it's something we've always said in our friendship group to each other when you go, so how are you? And the person goes, oh, I'm fine. And you go, nobody's actually fine. So we take that to mean no further questions required, everything is going okay. But fine always means you're not fine. It always, because fine is not good. Fine is not great. Fine is not even okay. Fine is just so almost nothing. It's, it's like, like a door close. Yeah, and it's like I don't want to think about it. I'm not thinking about it, so I'm going with fine. It's just nothing, nothingness. So, yeah, if someone keeps going, I'm fine, I'm fine, they're not fine, people. Check in with that person. The second thing I have to say about this book is it is controversial in the context of this podcast because she falls in love with herself, does not a romance novel make. (sighs) I know that, but two thirds of the novel is about is the mu- the musician pushed the forward musician. by how convinced she is that she has found romance. Okay, and, and if if we also got to ever hear from or meet or see into the life of the musician, I would agree with you. But it's not really a romance. Really, if anything, from a psychological perspective, it's just her realising, even on a subconscious level, that Mm. maybe she wants something else and she kind of 
projects that onto this man and then makes a whole bunch of changes. But it's not like she ever really goes to engage with him. Obviously, she does eventually because that would be really depressing if you read the whole book and you never got to speak to this guy. Uh, But it's not – and I do – look, I get where you're coming from because kind of eventually there is romance from other quarters, but going into it saying – well, she falls in love with Raymond, I think is misleading in terms of you could imagine it happened five years later. But she, what she has done through the whole course of the novel is opened herself up to being able to love. And there and are other genres for loved. that narrative is my point. The, thing, the romance okay. novel is not the place for not, – it's not not the place. Stop, because what I think partially is part of this podcast is books that you might encounter that you get as – a predominantly female readership, you are going to be recommended this book at some point in time and I have seen it at bookstores underneath romance because that is what it's classified as. So we need to talk about it in the sense of, and your thing is, is it actually a romance novel? I think it's completely valid to talk about it in the context of a romance novel. Because she falls in love with herself. No, that's not how it's pitched. It's pitched as she, she, it's her quest to go, she's found the man she's destined to be with she's a social misfit and she's fallen in love with this person who she thinks is her destiny that's the sort of pitchy blurb that classifies this book it's not romance fiction but it has that as one of its genre tags so to completely dismiss it and say i'm not trying to dismiss it what i'm saying is this when we have talked about and defined romance on this podcast and what the romance genre is is there are certain tropes and beats you expect in a romance novel. I've already said this book is fantastic. Everybody should read it. I get so much out of this book. And spoilers, it's a treasure. I will read it multiple times. I recommend everybody reads it. I think I've recommended it to my husband and your husband. Everybody should read this book. What I'm saying is if you are looking, if we say to them it is a romance novel and you go into it expecting those beats that occur expecting in the plots of to romance. End up together. And not only that, but the meet cute of them meeting each other and then the obstacle of how they could possibly be together and then they overcome the obstacle and then they kiss and then maybe they get married or if you're one of those books, maybe there's a lot of steamy sex in it or whatever. You're going to read this book and be disappointed. So I'm not having a yeah. go at okay. whether or not we should be talking about it. Well, it what sounds I'm like it does is, when you begin that sentence. What I'm saying is that when there are these little outliers and we talk about these outliers on this podcast, I think we need to flag it so that when people go and read it yeah, off the okay. back of our recommendation, they don't go, because there's so many books you've recommended to me, like My Brother Michael. I need to go reread that book because I will probably thoroughly enjoy it when I'm not spending the whole book waiting for Looking a plot for point romance. that's not in it. Yeah. I always remember back to this interview that I saw about Jennifer Lawrence was being interviewed about passengers. And she was like, yeah, it's kind of about a war against robots. And Chris Pratt, the other co-star, is with her and he's like, stop telling people on press tours that it's about robots. And she's like, what? It is. There's that robot who goes crazy. And, she's like, and he's like, it's one thing in the film. It's not about that. And if you keep telling people it's about that, they go expecting Robot Wars and then they're disappointed. Because it's a romance. Yeah. 
Okay. That's all I'm saying. So don't right. go into into Eleanor, Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. Expecting a traditional romance novel because it's not. I would say expect an even more rewarding narrative. It's a great narrative. Yeah. I've been very rewarded by romance novels. I think that's unfair, but it's just a different kind of book and I do think more so than my brother Michael, I think she and Raymond get together. 100% by the end of this book, I do remember it was explicit that they were like, he was like, I think you, you I think you're great. And she's like, yeah, I think, sort of I think date, you're kind I think. of great. And he's like, but you're batshit crazy and you've got a whole bunch of issues you need to deal with. And she's like, yeah, but I'm going to deal with them because dealing with them will mean I can have more people like you in my life. And I can see now that that's really that worthwhile. I don't think so. If it ended any other way, the only thing that I will say that makes this fit into our definition of, of romance is read it because I can promise you it's a fulfilling, satisfying, and happy ending. Yes. Okay. And that's what you get from a romance novel. That's the promise they make is that this is the person we are asking you to care about. It's not all going to end horrifically. Otherwise, then it's a drama. <laughs> it has moments of drama, that's for sure. Oh, but Raymond, absolutely. the character, He's of, delightful. he redeems her from a lot of those things. Or he helps her to learn how to live. <laughs> Really. He cares about her yeah. and he's one of the first people in a long time who she is allowed to get close enough to see her to care and when he gets in there and sees the hot mess that she is, he still cares. Well, you haven't asked me if I recommend it, but I think it's pretty clear that I... Why do you recommend it? I recommend it for a couple of reasons. One is it is such a rewarding read. You really grow to love the characters. You care about what happens to them and... They're really, this is the second one, is they're beautifully developed. Yeah. So Eleanor has so many different layers and she's a very, she's a broken person, mm. but she is determined not to sound like or come across as a broken person. But mostly that's because she wants everyone to leave her alone. She laughs at herself. I think we talked about this initially when we mm. read it, was that if she's she's not pitying, she doesn't pity herself? No, not at all. And because of that, you can actually read this book, which has a lot of darkness in it, and you can laugh. Mm. You can – I cried, and you will also get close to crying, if not crying, when you read this book. But there are bits where I had a big old laugh, and there yeah. were quite a few of them. Absolutely. That, And there were some bits where you're just like, ah, some just beautiful moments. It's – the third reason I would recommend it is a really nerdy one, which is just the way that it's written and the language used is so fantastic. And it's a breeze to read. It's a breeze to read, mm. but it's also such magnificent control of language to create the voice of a character. Eleanor has such a distinctive voice through the way the author has written it that when I go away and I think about the book, I hear her in my head, like just the, the words that she'd used or the way that she speaks about mm. things. And that is like when we talked about uh, the Rosie Project. Yeah. And how yep. that character has such a distinctive voice yep. and is really like the language is used to create character. Yeah. I think as a book, as a piece of literature, it's totally worth the read. I think also this is mm. a great great book and i think this is my not my it's not even a bone that i'm picking or anything like that but for me this is a book that i recommend to my friends who don't read romance yes my husband That's, read it you, yeah 
I said he, I said he should read it. That's right. And he loved it. Yeah. So that's kind of my that's my point is I know we're a romance podcast, but I wouldn't I don't recommend this on the back of the romance. I recommend it on the back of everything else we've talked yeah. about. Okay. Being a great book. It's just a really terrific book. Yeah. And it's it's gripping. You can probably do it. It's sort of divided into three ideas, good days. Bad days, better days. Yeah. I did it in one sitting. I didn't because I have children. (laughs) I don't have children in case regular (laughs) listeners haven't picked up on that. I have a dog. She sometimes Who sometimes is more high maintenance than my two children. Play play with me. What's this boring reading you're doing? Play, play, play. I swear she takes up so much of your time. She's so cute Mm. though. So that's kind of it. I've recommended it. You've recommended it. Trash Absolutely or treasure. treasure. I've read it maybe four times. Jeez Louise. I have not read it that many times. But you know what? It's also that kind of book that even sitting here now, it's been a long time since I've read it. I can distinctly remember it. Yeah. I haven't reread it's it the because it stays in your head. Yeah, because it's it's there, it's in there, and I know it. It's wonderful, and I will definitely reread. It's a terrific, terrific book. Highly recommend, but be prepared that it does have some heartbreaking moments in it. Yeah, heart no, not heartbreaking, but heart wrenching. Yeah, for sure. I would say both. I would absolutely treasure. Say both. Definitely absolute on my treasure, treasure list. So. Thank you so much. That's all we have time for today. Join us again next time for more Trash or Treasure when we will bring you spoiler-free recaps and recommendations. And until then, happy reading! Bye! And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at trashortreasurepodcast at outlook.com. Or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's at or underscore treasure. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? (laughs) And with those encouraging words, tweet or email us. We love to hear from you. Happy reading. Cheers.